It's time to be all that you can be in 23, starting with a cold plunge to get a natural boost in energy. Focus, discipline, and resilience. The plunge can provide you with all that brilliance. This is the ultimate home cold water therapy experience. A sleek, slick, custom-designed unit that gives you ready access to a cold bath of clean, filtered, circulating water that you can set to your desired temperature. Don't fool around lugging bags of ice from the supermarket for once-in-a-while action. Get the plunge so you will actually stick with your protocol and enjoy it. Visit at thecoldplunge.com to learn all about this sensational product and the benefits of therapeutic cold water exposure. They'll deliver a plunge to your home for free, and then you have easy, simple setup, regular plug-in, and you're off and running. I set mine to 39. I don't spend a lot of time, but the experience is prime, and I'm focused and energized for a fantastic day and more resilient against all other forms of stress in life. Take the plunge, people, and also check out their new Rebounder mini trampoline to pair with plunging and optimize lymphatic function. It's all at thecoldplunge.com, and you can't lose with their generous 30-day money-back guarantee and special discount for BRAD podcast listeners using the code BRAD, thecoldplunge.com. The B-Rad Podcast is brought to you by MoFo, male optimization formula with organs to boost testosterone. Brad's macadamia masterpiece, mind-blowing nut butter blend, chili pad, temperature-controlled mattress systems, inside tracker, blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data all in one, and New Optimal, three nootropic supplements designed to improve focus, memory, and drive. And check out the bradkerns.com shop page, my personal selection of favorite products with great discounts for health, fitness, and peak performance. Of course, I'm not in the sauna for an hour and a half until I'm dying, nor am I in the cold tub for 20 minutes to where I would probably die or have to get rushed to the hospital. So the, the trick here is to optimize the duration of your stay in the sauna. One problem with free testosterone is it's such a small percentage of total. It's something like 2 or 3% of the total. It's measured in something called pictograms, which is infinitesimally small. It's a trillionth of a gram or something like that, a billionth of a gram. And so the values can be misleading because it's so tiny and nuanced. But now it's time to unwind. You want to start recovering from the workout. You want to start getting back to homeostasis and feeling natural, normal, chill. Hey listeners, I discovered an awesome new electrolyte and triple enzyme powdered drink that's going to knock your socks off. It's called Bala Enzyme. And it comes in a convenient little pouch of bright orange powder that you pour into water for the ultimate electrolyte and antioxidant drink. It's simple, convenient, and yes, the orange tint comes from a potent serving of turmeric along with a clean and diverse assortment of enzymes and electrolytes and a perfect taste that's not fake or too sweet. Bala was created by husband and wife doctors to help their patients recover from inflammation, improve hydration, speed up recovery, 
even relieve joint pain, improve digestion, and boost immunity. I love their incredible devotion to product quality. There's a lot of research behind it, and I just sprinkle this packet into ice water, and it's so easy to stay hydrated because you absolutely enjoy the taste of the drink. Get their convenient little packets. They even designed it with the, uh, the tear half-torn so it's easy to open into the water. I love what they think of. And it comes in three exciting flavors, pineapple, lime, and berry. It's so potent, it might stain your fingers if you get it on your fingers. And yes, that's a good thing for a serving of turmeric that's that potent. It's also sugar-free, zero-carb, and promoting of the three R's, rehydrate relieve and revive please visit balaenzyme.com b-a-l-a-e-n-z-y-m-e and of course there's a special deal for b-rad podcast listeners 30 percent off your first order just use the code b-r-a-d-30 at balaenzyme.com okay welcome to part two about how to correct adverse lifestyle practices and disease risk factors. In part one, I discussed how this show was partly inspired by a friend of mine who, seemingly healthy and athletic, had a big uh, alarming visit to the body scan uh, showing that he had some blockages, had to go get a stent procedure, and boy, we do not like those uh, unpleasant surprises. So uh, the idea here that I covered in detail in the first show was that um, you want to go get uh, regular blood work, you want to go beyond the the perfunctory annual exam where uh, they go through the, uh, the, the basic uh, blood counts and your doctor looks at it once a year. Some of the numbers that we think are normal, we definitely want to rethink that and aspire to optimal and recalibrate and look at things like triglycerides to HDL as the premier way to track your cardiovascular health and heart disease risk rather than some of the conventional notions. Um, we talked a lot about uh, monitoring glucose and considering the wonderful technology that's available with the continuous glucose monitor. And then I went over some uh, specific blood values like the HbA1c, the inflammatory markers, uh, fasting insulin, talked uh, a bit about vitamin D. And now we're going to pick up with a few more blood tests before we go into uh, different categories of looking at your lifestyle and disease risk factors. Um, so I talked a lot about testosterone and in the first show. And we want to probably, if you're seemingly healthy and athletic and not terribly concerned about disease risk factors, uh, track testosterone frequently because it definitely has a lot of variability based on your recent lifestyle practices. And I've seen mine vary by uh, a couple few hundred uh, in a matter of uh, the previous month, the next month. And a lot of this I attribute to um, the stress level of my training program, and I can easily overdo it at times, and that will be revealed in a lower than historical norm for testosterone. So uh, as I said before, I'm in that lab frequently because I want to optimize and track it a lot so they have a nice database to reflect upon to see how maybe even other things like seasonal variability, things that affect that uh, preeminent male hormone that has uh, so many wide-ranging effects on the body. Uh, Ashley Merriman calls it the social status hormone. It affects your focusing, your motivation, uh, your recovery, your athletic performance, obviously, and we want to strive to land in the exceptional 
additional category rather than the normal range. Um, experts like Chris Kelly at Nourish Balance Thrive uh, and, and Dr. Tommy Wood, who I've had on the show several times, um, the, the normal range for males is uh, typically listed as 200 to 1,000. And these guys want to see you definitely over 500, even if you're up in the higher age groups like myself in my 50s. I don't want to concede anything here just yet. So I want to look to land at the very highest levels. And I uh, talked about this on a previous show uh, where I delivered uh, a great test. The highest I've seen in recent years was 1,006. And so if you look on the charts, that is beyond the 95th percentile, even for males in the 20 to 29, that would be the highest, you know, the, the peak decade for male hormone status. So as I was patting myself on the back uh, that I was in the 95th percentile, even for young guys, not to mention in the 50 to 59 category. Of course, I'm off the charts, but it's like, wait a second, our 20 to 29-year-olds and our 30 to 39-year-olds today are so unhealthy. They're sitting in front of digital screens eating crappy food. So of course, I want to be in the exceptional category. And so I am now going to redefine exceptional as my normal Brad Kern's goal and accept nothing less. Because again, it's like, you know, <laughs> it's like going uh, back to eighth grade and acing the science test. So what? You know, you work as a scientist for the government laboratory. Of course, you're going to go ace a test. Uh, you get what I'm saying here? So um, while patting yourself on the back, that is nice. Uh, but, you know, let's keep things in perspective. And especially for us listening to the show here, our little wonderful community of health enthusiasts, let's go for off the charts fantastic rather than than normal. Um, so Chris Kelly, Tommy Wood, uh, mentioning that uh, serum testosterone levels of over 500 uh, is definitely what we're looking for here. The higher, the better, of course, but there's a lot of nuances here to understand. Dr. Sean Baker had some interesting articles on his website about this, where he said, if you have greater androgen receptor density, then you can thrive on a lower level of total testosterone. So androgen receptors are the things in our cells that will take in the sex hormones that are floating around. And how do you build your androgen receptor density? That's right, through strength training, especially in the lower body, because the lower body uh, muscles have more receptor density than upper body. So if you're doing squats, deadlifts, doing that crazy stuff that Dr. Sean Baker a supreme physical specimen who's set world records in the Concept 2 rowing contest, right? The calibrated rowing machine. He's the world record holder at 500 meters in the 50 plus category. So extreme physical specimen, walk in his talk, definitely has that legitimacy that whatever's going on is working for him. But he shared his blood tests on the internet, uh, got a lot of back and forth discussion about it because his serum testosterone levels were pretty low. I think he was showing that he was in the, the 200s or the 300s, which would be considered suboptimal. But obviously, everything's working fine for him. And he contends that he has so much receptor density that what little testosterone, whatever numbers being uh, produced or, or measured in the bloodstream, he's getting everything he needs to perform and recover optimally. So uh, we can look deeper. If you feel fantastic and you're setting world records, your uh, male sex hormone status is 
is probably okay. Uh, it's also interesting to discuss this in light of the uh, possible uh, misunderstanding, misinterpretation of the importance of free testosterone. So a lot of times you'll read uh, at a glance that there's total testosterone, that's the total amount in your bloodstream, and then the free testosterone is the amount that is uh, free-flowing and able to uh, work on the target organs and work its magic. And the other testosterone that, that's not free is called bound, it's bound by sex hormone binding globulin or albumin. So these are uh, agents that carry the testosterone uh, throughout the bloodstream. And then if it's released, it's going to be measured as free testosterone. Uh, and if it's bound, it's going to contribute to the total testosterone number. Uh, so a lot of people have inaccurately obsessed with free T as being the end all and not worrying about uh, the serum testosterone as much. Uh, unfortunately, that is sort of an oversimplification of uh, what's going on in the blood. One problem with free testosterone is it's such a small percentage of total. It's something like two or 3% of the total. It's measured in something called pictograms, which is infinitesimally small. It's a trillionth of a gram or something like that, a billionth of a gram. And so the values can be misleading because it's so tiny and nuanced, whereby if you're tracking your serum testosterone or your total testosterone, aka total testosterone, over time, time, you're getting a good uh, uh, perspective of how well your testes are manufacturing testosterone internally. Obviously, I'm speaking mostly to the male here, but testosterone is extremely important for female health and vitality as well. It's just that they have uh, values 20 to 1 lower than men. But if female testosterone values are off, you're going to have those same symptoms of uh, lethargic, poor recovery from exercise, uh, inability to focus, low motivation, things like that. So hang in there, females, and, and listen to the story. We want to have good uh, sex hormone status. So um, obsessing on free tea at the expense of looking at your serum tea is maybe not a good idea. There's also this flawed understanding of the sex hormone binding globulin number. Um, now, if you have uh, an inverse relationship between sex hormone binding globulin and free testosterone, right? The, the lower the sex hormone binding globulin, the higher the free testosterone. Uh, people are going to make this inference that if you can uh, lower the SHBG, as it's called, you will get a boost in free T and you will improve your male sex hormone status. It's not that simple. And and in fact, low sex hormone binding globulin is strongly associated with poor general health. Uh, this is seen in people that are uh, ill and feeble. And so a high sex hormone binding globulin uh, can be indicative of many good things. For example, you are carrying a lot of testosterone around in the bloodstream. It's bound to sex hormone binding globulin, but available to work upon target organs 
when necessary. And if you feel great and you're performing and recovering and motivated and focused, that means your whole sex hormone system is working well and working optimally. And you can strive to see a high sex hormone binding globulin number, a high serum testosterone. Again, uh, no misunderstanding there. The higher, the better. That means your body's producing uh, plenty. And we want to be on that high uh, in the range of 200 to 1,000 because we're comparing ourselves against um, pathetic average. And then um, a, a reasonable free testosterone or not paying too much attention as it bounces all over the place. Maybe I'm uh, giving this story in a manner that's um, uh, us watching my own results over the years because what I've seen is a consistently high serum testosterone indicating that I'm living a healthy lifestyle, right? All the way up to 1,006 at my best, but interestingly, dipping down into the 500s and 600s at times, whereby the next result, I'll go in a month later and see 862, and then I'll go down to 651, and then I'll go up to the 900s. And so I'm nice above that 500 range, but the variation is really interesting, and that's why you want to test frequently. So I'll see high serum testosterone, um, a free T that bounces all over the place, including occasionally uh, below the normal range, even though my serum testosterone is high. And then I will see consistently very elevated sex hormone binding globulin, which concerned me until I did further research and uh, realizing or reflecting that that normal range is probably indicative of a lousy average comparative person. So with high sex hormone binding globulin and high serum testosterone, I'm uh, occasionally or frequently going to see free testosterone levels that are in the low range, below the low range, and then on other occasions uh, in the high range of normal. And so with that thing bouncing around so much uh, and wondering what's going on, uh, I'm, I'm reflecting on the idea that this free tea is such a small sliver and measured in pictograms that I'm maybe not going to concern myself as much with free tea as I am with serum tea and not concerned at all that the sex hormone binding globulin is outside the quote unquote normal range. Okay, a few other uh, tidbits, things to test that might be important, especially if you're feeling crappy. So uh, and let's transition into uh, figuring things out. Let's say that your blood work is normal. The doctor gives you a clean bill of health and you're not feeling great. You're not recovering great. Uh, one cool test you can do is the salivary cortisol test, way better than a blood value and a single snapshot. The salivary cortisol test, uh, you will uh, spit into a vial and you'll do it several times a day because cortisol has a significant variation over the course of the day. It is supposed to peak in the morning uh, in conjunction with getting up so you can get energy and uh, motivation. Remember, cortisol is the prominent stress hormone that we often talk about in a negative context. And when we talk about cortisol in a negative context, it's because we chronically overproduce uh, the stress hormone in hectic high stress daily life. But what you want every day 
is a desirable spike in cortisol upon awakening. So this will do things like elevate your respiration, heart rate, blood pressure. Uh, it'll dump glucose into your bloodstream. It'll give you energy, alertness, vitality, focus, things that are associated with the fight or flight response. What we don't want is to spike cortisol every time we have a contentious conversation throughout the day at our busy, stressful workplace, right? So what we see uh, in a healthy specimen would be this uh, significant spike in cortisol upon awakening, and then a nice, steady, and gradual decline over the course of the day to a low at nighttime, such that you're going to want to transition gracefully into a, a nice uh, good night's sleep after a nice, calm, dark, mellow evening. Now, what do we do instead? We screw this up by spiking cortisol after dark, which is part of the uh, the mix-up and the dysfunction uh, in our hormones from uh, the excess artificial light and digital stimulation after dark. Um, we suppress melatonin. That's the hormone that induces sleepiness and causes us to uh, want to have a nice graceful transition into a good night's sleep. So the artificial light and the digital stimulation, things that are uh, evoking the fight or flight response, such as uh, intense programming on the television or playing video games or engaging with your email inbox, things that kind of uh, give you a, a sense of alertness and a little bit of an edge. These are going to spike cortisol at night, suppress melatonin, and throw off your circadian rhythm. So that's definitely one guard against that cortisol spike at night. Because guess what? When cortisol spikes, it's also associated with an increased craving for quick energy carbohydrates. Because if you're alert and energized due to your email inbox or watching uh, the latest James Bond movie, you are going to want to go get a snack to keep your energy high even as your body is confusingly thinking it's time to go to sleep. Okay, so we override that with the uh, the screen light, the stimulation, and with throwing down quick energy into the bloodstream. And so uh, to unwind that, uh, testing that salivary cortisol, and if you notice spikes in the evening, hey, let's take a look at your evening screen habits and try to get that in a nice curve uh, drifting downward so you'll have a nice calm, relaxing evening. Um, there's an assortment of thyroid panels, and it's so confusing and complex, it goes way beyond the typical testing that you see on a routine blood test. So I strongly encourage you to listen to um, some of L. Russ's podcasts on the subject of thyroid. You can search for those on the uh, Primal Kitchen podcast channel, newly renamed, used to be Primal Blueprint podcast, but we have over a thousand shows and archived. And she goes into extreme detail about how you need to look deeper and further than the normal values and testing things, not only just uh, the typical T3 value, but the reverse T3 and the T4 and knowing how some of the uh, normal ranges might be confusing. So if you feel like things aren't working right, even though you're healthy, person. Let's go deeper. Let's look at the thyroid panels. Uh, find a good functional medicine physician. Educate yourself because the typical blood test route
about. And what you're going to find through typical mainstream medicine is just really going to scratch the surface when it comes to functionality and feeling better and performing better. Uh, looking at disease risk factors, they do a wonderful job on that. Uh, but this is just taking the next step. And nourishbalancethrive.com, those guys are doing great work. And if you participate in that program, oh my gosh, they will take you deep, deep into uh, these alternative testing, uh, the Dutch hormone panels. Uh, you will get packages sent where you're going to do blood tests, saliva tests, stool tests, urine tests, everything under the sun. And I learned so much from uh, my experience with those guys, including some alarming, disturbing things going on in my blood that I had no idea, such as the presence of uh, toxic plastic byproducts in my healthy bloodstream and uh, toxic petroleum byproducts in the bloodstream. So digging deeper and further into that, um, there were some possible attributes that I was able to correct, hopefully, and uh, carry on. Um, the plastic was believed to be there due to me possibly uh, drinking a lot of those uh, disposable plastic water bottles, especially when they might have been heated up and then, you know, cooled overnight. So if I'm carrying around a, a little bottled water in my car and it sits there through the afternoon, uh, it warms up, the plastic will leach into the water due to the heat, uh, which, you know, extreme heat can, can occur in a parked car. And then the next morning, the water's fine. It's cool. I'm going to drink it, but I'm drinking uh, some plastic byproducts and ingesting that. Bad, bad deal. Uh, the petroleum was uh, speculated that maybe it was caused by me growing up in suburban Los Angeles back in the 70s and 80s when the air quality was horrific and we had over 100 days on average of what would be considered today to be a smog alert where uh, the PSI index is over 100. It was routinely over 100 all summer long back in the day. Today, it's a rare occurrence. There might be one or two or three days a year when you're finding this PSI so high that it's recommended um, not to exercise outdoors unless there's the widespread fires like we had in Lake Tahoe this summer where the PSI was 200, 300, 400, 600 when the fires were burning nearby. And so uh, we still are exposed to pollution, but it's not that automobile-induced pollution that we had in the 70s and 80s before we cleaned up the emission standards and the catalytic converters. So yeah, breathing that bad air, possibly uh, creating uh, lifelong problems here. So that's when they really got me uh, interested in doing the detox protocol, which is to go into a hot sauna. And I have my wonderful Almost Heaven Sauna. You can learn about that more uh, at almostheaven.com. Tell them I sent you and they'll give you a discount on these home barrel saunas that are easy to assemble. And you can have this wonderful temperature therapy at your disposal right there in your backyard or even in your garage. They have smaller units, bigger units, uh, have uh, some wonderful uh, social times centered around the sauna use. And I really recommend it. But what I did was go deep into these detox protocols where I would heat this sauna up super hot. I'd run a double cycle on the heater and get that thing up over 200 degrees. Don't try this at home. Most saunas that you see in a health club setting or a spa setting are around 170, uh, but I know what I'm doing. So I'd get that thing super hot. I'd go in there and proceed to do some uh, immediate uh, push-ups and squats to uh, uh, elicit profuse sweating as soon as possible. 
yeah, then I'd lay there and relax and enjoy the sauna. But the goal is to sweat profusely. And that has all kinds of health benefits, especially the emission of these heat shock proteins, right? So your body's under extreme temperature stress. And what you get is a hormetic response where everything fine tunes and you get an assortment of health benefits. You get an improvement in immune function. You get an anti-inflammatory effect. Uh, you get an antioxidant boost. All these things in response to the extreme stress of heat, right? Your body responds to stressors in a similar way jumping into the cold tub elicits all these positive benefits overall. But of course, I'm not in the sauna for an hour and a half until I'm dying, nor am I in the cold tub for 20 minutes to where I would probably die or have to get rushed to the hospital. So the the trick here is to optimize the duration of your stay in the sauna so you don't feel like crap getting out. And yes, I have overdone it on a couple memorable occasions where I didn't feel so hot after being hot for so long. So I'm going in there. I'm doing the exercises, I'm uh, prompting the profuse sweating, and then I'm getting out after uh, maybe it's a total duration in there of 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, and maybe for the next person it's five or 10 minutes that's going to do the trick. And then after I'm you know covered in sweat, I immediately jump over to the shower and scrub my skin. Uh, aggressively with Dr. Bronner's or a really high quality natural Castile soap. And so that is the detox protocol that I've followed. Um, sweating is obviously one of the main pathways for detoxing and I'm doing the best I can uh, to get this nasty stuff out of my bloodstream that may be caused from breathing pollution, whatever. And arguably a lot of us would probably uh, do this deeper testing like you see with Nourish Balance Thrive and come up with some adverse factors from living in hectic, high stress, uh, increasingly toxic modern life. So do what you can, especially staying away from plastics anywhere near your food and drink. And on that note, uh, you can also try to clean up your home environment by using uh, eco-friendly cleaning products, uh, laundry detergents, things like that. There's so many great brands out there now. Um, Mrs. Myers is stuff that I like to buy. They make dish soap, hand soap, and household cleaning products that are all made with natural ingredients. Dr. Bronner's soap, one of the greatest products ever invented, and that can be all manner of things to you. It can be your soap, your shampoo. Uh, I'll even brush my teeth with it once in a while. And again, just looking for natural products and staying away from anything that smells. That's a good rule of thumb. So if you have your wonderful laundry detergent that you bought after watching the commercial because your towels and clothes smell so fresh and clean, that's an indication that some adverse toxic estrogenic compounds are contained in the product. And if you look at terms like fragrance on the ingredient list, that is code for toxic chemicals. And I just heard another podcast uh, discussing how this came to be uh, decades ago. I think it was a loophole uh, passed through the United States Congress that you can use the term fragrance uh, to kind of get away from listing the exact chemicals that went into your perfume, your skincare product, or your detergent product. So anything that touches your skin, especially urgently, anything you ingest, you want to stay away from toxic chemicals and go natural. All right. So that's my that's my pitch for cleaning up your home environment, your diet. And that concludes the uh, the section about blood tests and biomarkers. And then we get into um, subjective evaluations of your lifestyle practices and possible disease risk factors. 
And one of them starts first thing in the morning. It's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Hey, this is going to be one of my favorite commercials because I get to introduce you to the delicious, nutritious, life-changing Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece. This is a mind-blowing nut butter blend that will soon ascend to your number one go-to snack, treat, or accoutrement for anything from dark chocolate, a cucumber celery smear, or mixed in with yogurt, oatmeal, cheesecake, or with a spoon right into your mouth, heading south. Let me, let me, let me tell you what I created in my kitchen through whirlwind experimentation and extreme sampling to my VIP product testing crew across the nation so far with 100% approval. In this beautiful jar, we have macadamia nuts, walnuts, cashews, the rare and precious coconut butter, coconut flakes, cacao nibs, real ancient sea salt, and organic MCT oil. Every single ingredient has been sourced to origin to be the very best we could find from around the world for the absolute highest purity and nutritional value. We run this product in small batches with a boutique family business in the Pacific Northwest, and everything is cold-pressed to preserve nutritional value. So if you like eating healthy, it's a dream come true for all those who are keto, primal, paleo, and vegan vegetarian too. I come in peace, my global healthy living friends. Masterpiece, that is. Try some now, and it will change your life. I promise. If you don't like it, send it back to me. I'll eat it. You can order Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece on Amazon. Simple, simple. Or if you're bold, daring, and adventurous, buy three and get a bottle free at bradventures.com. Buy six and we'll send you eight. Christmas shopping early instead of late at bradventures.com. Check it out. Brad's Macadamia Masterpiece. Uh. Do you awaken full of energy and enthusiasm and a positive attitude near sunrise naturally, not needing an alarm? And if the answer is no, raise your hand. <laughs> Let's rewind the clock and go back and look at your evening habits and especially your overall stress management habits. So the body is optimized to awaken full of energy, motivation, focus, a calm, relaxed, focused state of mind first thing in the morning. The sunrise is a very powerful catalyst for the circadian rhythm. That's the, the ultimate uh, governing of the energy expenditure and metabolic function of all living things on earth. And it has been for billions of years. So when we abuse or disregard the importance of aligning with our natural circadian rhythm, we do so at our peril. And the main mistake that we make these days is excess artificial light and digital stimulation after dark. So if you want to clean this up, strive to create an evening experience that is dark, quiet, and as mellow as possible, especially as the uh, as the hours start to click away and you get closer and closer to bedtime. So if you want to watch uh, the exciting, uh, intense uh, digital entertainment that you deserve after working so hard and having such a busy day, go ahead and try to prioritize that 
earlier in the evening, such that the final hour before bedtime will be more of a wind down, wind down where you're uh, reading quietly, walking the dog around the block in a nice quiet neighborhood, getting some outdoor fresh air, and then heading right into bedtime. So clean up that evening habits so that one day, I know it's a dream, but it's a possible dream, you can just pop up as the sun uh, creeps through the blinds or the curtains, or maybe you don't even need curtains because you just pop up naturally because your circadian rhythm is so optimized. Can you imagine? Wow, pretty cool. Yeah, I know. People are out there doing that, uh, like the transcriber time stamper of the show, my mom, no curtains, wakes up at whatever, 5.30, 6 a.m. every day, no complaints, no problems. So um, that's taking full advantage of the hormone optimization that occurs naturally when you awaken. So you're going to get that spike of cortisol that I talked about. You're going to get that, uh, that suppression of melatonin or the conversion of melatonin into serotonin. Uh, serotonin being that mood elevating hormone will also kick into gear in conjunction with sunrise. And you're going to get that suppression of adenosine. The same thing that coffee, that caffeine does is it blocks the adenosine receptors. And adenosine is this neurotransmitter that builds and builds and builds over the course of the day. And when your adenosine is high, you feel drowsy, sleepy and tired. And so uh, that is supposed to peak in the evening at bedtime. And then adenosine will steadily drop overnight. And ideally, it will be low in the morning. So you don't have that groggy feeling. But if that's not happening, uh, that's a sign that you can do further optimization of your circadian rhythm and really take advantage of the sun. The best way to take advantage of that sun is to get unfiltered direct sunlight first thing in the morning. So if you are a groggy, slow mover in the morning, get outside. It doesn't have to be a sunny morning with actual, uh, the, the fiery orb visible. It's any type of outdoor light, even if it's a cloudy overcast day, is intense enough to uh, facilitate these hormonal processes that make you feel alert and energized. Okay. Now, um, some other subjective factors to check and see uh, if you're doing okay or if you have areas that are of concern are autoimmune flare-ups. So if you have things like sore joints, if you have skin issues, dry, patchy, red skin, mild arthritis here and there in the body, these are signs of autoimmune conditions, uh, adverse uh, functioning of the immune system. And as we've seen from the incredible rise of the carnivore movement, uh, many people might want to try some dietary restriction to see if it has an impact, a quick impact on some of these autoimmune flare-ups. Um, anything skin conditioning, anything in the digestive system, uh, signs of dysfunction, gas bloating, uh, digestive problems, uh, pain after meals, uh, difficulty or imperfect uh, elimination habits, all these things can be perhaps addressed and perhaps uh, dramatically improved in a very short period of time if you engage in dietary restriction. And it seems to be, from many experts contending, uh, that the easiest and most uh, thorough and easily sustainable way to engage in a, 
uh, dietary restriction pattern would be to try this carnivore style eating pattern uh, for 30 days. And so you can consume these rich, satisfying, nutritious foods from the animal food family, uh, which are extremely minimal in allergenic um, compounds. And so you're eating well, you're enjoying your omelet in the morning, you're enjoying your uh, steak in the evening, uh, but you're putting aside uh, these plant foods that are widely regarded as healthy, but could be your ability to regulate inflammation and your immune function could be prompting an autoimmune response. Autoimmune uh, relates to uh, the body attacking itself, an adverse reaction of the immune system, such as a sneeze, is an autoimmune reaction. It's your body reacting to the allergens uh, by sneezing. All kinds of other examples of autoimmunity, a lot of them uh, involve the skin, uh, the biggest organ on the body. So if you have skin conditions, um, let's take a look at diet. Let's do some testing. And what do you have to lose? A 30-day carnivore experiment. Um, you can go look at meat rx.com and read these amazing success stories of people that uh, for for whatever reason reacting to their wonderful kale smoothie or their salad and uh, get that stuff out of the diet the body has a chance to heal especially leaky gut syndrome which is seen as the centerpiece to many disease patterns these days finally coming into um, prominence as a medical condition and being widely accepted when just uh, two, three, four years ago, uh, people hardly even heard of it or knew what it was or were studying it. So um, yeah, dietary testing, super important. And let's go to the next uh, subjective factor would be, let's call it uh, stress reactions or mannerisms, things like chewing your nails, pulling your hair out, grinding your teeth at night. Uh, this is a sign of sympathetic overdominance, the grinding your teeth. So it's kind of a, uh, a stress response gone wild, fight or flight response gone overboard. Um, I know uh, numerous uh, high-level athletes that uh, complain of grinding their teeth at night or have suffered from this, and that's from training hard all day long and doing so many gnarly kick-ass workouts, and then when it's time to just uh, unplug and turn off, we don't unplug or power down as well as a device. We have a hard time uh, you know, ma managing uh, that that. Uh, autonomic nervous system and get stuck in sympathetic dominance as evidenced by uh, these mannerisms and stress reactions. So if this thing, these things are happening, let's try to make a better effort at stimulating parasympathetic function, things like meditation, uh, unwinding with strolls around the neighborhood without a device in your hand, um, doing the positional parasympathetic breathing that was discussed in my show with Dr. Janine Krauss. I love doing that after my sprint workouts. And really quickly, you'll hear more about it if you listen to her show. Uh, you went out there, you did a fantastic workout. It could be a sprint workout, could be something at the gym, your boot camp class, whatever. You're pumped up, you're feeling energized, you get home, you start vacuuming, you start cleaning the kitchen because, again, uh, the fight-or-flight hormones are uh, awash in your bloodstream. You're bathed in stress hormones, so you feel alert, energized, focused, all these great things that were prompted 
uh, by the workout stimulus, but now it's time to unwind. You want to start recovering from the workout. You want to start getting back to homeostasis and feeling natural, normal, chill, uh, rather than jacked up on this artificial energy high. Well, it's not artificial. It's actual chemical that your bodies are making, but I want to uh, begin the recovery process and recalibrate recalibrate my body back to homeostasis as quickly as possible. So the protocol is you go into a quiet place, you elevate your legs, uh, rest them on a chair, on the couch, edge of the couch, whatever, and you start to engage in five to 10 minutes of nasal diaphragmatic breathing, right? Because when we breathe through our nose only and use the full uh, potential of the diaphragm to take these deep breaths, and we're thinking about breathing only. We're just laying there relaxing. You don't have to fall asleep. Although sometimes I get close to falling asleep. I, it works so effectively for me. Uh, but if you take five to 10 minutes to just chill, especially after that intense workout when you're jacked up, you can stimulate parasympathetic function and start kick-starting the recovery process immediately. Another known great way to prompt parasympathetic function is foam rolling. How fun is that? So if you come back from a workout and you do five to 10 minutes of rolling, not only is it good for your muscles, it will kind of chill you out and calm you down. Uh, the mechanism is believed that the, uh, the the mild pain, the good hurt that occurs when you're rolling through your calf muscles and it's a little sensitive, uh, but you're still rolling through it and you're kind of uh, working through those trigger points, uh, the mild pain releases an endorphin, uh, you get an endorphin response. So you have these pain killing chemicals that make you feel relaxed and chill. And then of course, in the ensuing 30 minutes, the next hour after the foam rolling session, that's when the real magic comes that you continue to recalibrate back toward homeostasis from the uh, the, the stimulus of the foam rolling. Okay. So we're just going to try to unwind after workouts. Okay. Uh, how about persistent nasal congestion? This can be due to food or environmental allergies. So uh, it's triggered by inflammation. We want to make sure that our nasal passageways are clear so that we can breathe through our nose only at all times for the rest of our life. The takeaway message from Patrick McCune's book, The Oxygen Advantage, also James Nestor's best-selling book, uh, Breath. And boy, if there's something wrong with the nose, that is going to uh, kind of uh, push us over into sympathetic dominance, mouth breathing. Remember the shallow panting breath taken through the mouth, not using the full potential of your lungs. The best oxygen exchange comes using the lower lobes of the lungs where the oxygen rich lower lobes, thanks to gravity, right? The bottom of the lungs are going to work better than the top. And so if your nose ain't working right and it's uh, frequently congested, we got to do something about that. I would go to food first with a, uh, a dietary exclusion experiment. And again, looking at your also stress management and things that can uh, chill you out more than uh, f have you feel uh, highly stressed and hectic all day long. But yeah, we want to make sure the nasal passageways are working great. Listen to my whole show summarizing uh, some of the latest, greatest research about nasal diaphragmatic breathing and how important it is to breathe through the nose, to filter and warm the air that you're breathing, and also to put nitric oxide into the picture. That's the 
critically important uh, agent that works on all the cells throughout the body, uh, especially in the cardiovascular system. It makes your arteries more supple and functional. So when we breathe through the nose, the nasal passageways uh, help uh, create and deliver nitric oxide into the air that we're breathing so it can be better utilized throughout the body. Persistent nasal congestion, a bad deal. Okay, then we go down the list of subjective factors to overtraining. <sighs> I know this is a very common problem among the most enthused and most devoted health and fitness enthusiasts is overdoing it too much of the good stuff. Uh, I continue to learn and struggle in this area as I have yet another injury relating to sprinting and high jumping. So I had so much fun uh, over the summer of 2021 perfecting my high jump technique that I would get into uh, a little bit of jumping every single day. Nothing serious, not a full-scale workout wearing spikes or what have you, uh, but I was working on my technique so devotedly that I kind of failed to respect or appreciate uh, the act of jumping off the ground and landing as quite a stressful event to the body. And so if you take uh, 10 jumps or, or, or 20 jumps in a proper workout and then the next day you do 5 or 10 or 15 more, uh, it can definitely interfere with the recovery process and over-traumatize the involved muscles to the extent that, gee, my hamstring and my glute uh, kind of uh, lock up. They send me the uh, the warning message or the the violation, uh, the traffic ticket, and take a long time to get back to 100%. So we got to be on high alert for overtraining at all times. It's such a bad deal. It takes all that hard work you've done and pushes it over into uh, across the, the borderline and into uh, unhealthy. So if you are, for example, lacking energy uh, during a routine day and you're still going to the gym and working out at night or you do your workout at 5.30 a.m. because you get pumped up and you're excited and you're motivated and you don't want to miss anything and then you kind of pay the price later in the day, uh, I think that um, poor energy management uh, at rest or in daily life is indicative of early overtraining. So yes, you can still get jacked up and do a good workout, uh, but it's not contributing to a generally more alert and energetic day. That's when we got to take a look at things and maybe tone some things down. Uh, obviously, if you're performing poorly or some of your performance markers are suboptimal, that's an indication that you're over doing it. Uh, persistent soreness in joints and muscles, any uh, disturbances in mood or immune function or digestive function, especially a lot of times uh, we especially notice this on the triathlon circuit, uh, everyone who was training at, at such a high level, uh, we'd often complain of digestive irregularities to the extent that uh, we contended that the digestive system is the most sensitive and the first thing to go when uh, things are going overboard a little bit. You've been traveling too much, you've been racing too much, whatever. Um, I think part of that is now uh, being understood as leaky gut syndrome because when you're out there training hard and your body temperature is elevated, so not in swimming, that's what's good about swimming, and you can handle more stress in swimming, 
uh, because the workout's not elevating your body temperature. But when you're out there doing long runs or five-hour bike rides in the heat, uh, your gut is becoming permeable as a response to the training stimulus, right? You're trying to cool body temperature. And so you're basically inducing leaky gut through your extreme workouts that keep your body temperature elevated for a prolonged period of time. And that is a tough one on general digestive health. And so if things are going a little too hard, a little too extreme, you're going to feel it uh, with immediate symptoms of uh, poor digestive function, poor elimination, things like that. Um, I contend that for years, I had this direct association of uh, extreme high stress, high impact workouts. So uh, sprinting, jumping, and leaky pipes uh, when I got home and later in the day. And it was for a couple reasons. One of them were uh, plant toxins in my diet that I was reacting to. So I'd do the sprint workout. I'd have my wonderful salad thinking I was getting a 10 out of 10 score on all aspects of health. Uh, but if these reactive foods were in my diet, um, that was contributing to the leaky gut and to the elimination problems, as well as uh, training patterns that were overly stressful. So those have virtually disappeared uh, upon correcting my diet, making an effort to consume things like bone broth, which have a wonderful healing effect on the gut, and staying away from, let's say, for example, extreme doses of uh, plant foods, uh, leafy greens and things that I used to uh, stir fry and have large quantities every single day in the name of health, especially raw stuff such as my super duper green smoothie that I used to make with big piles of kale and celery and beets and carrots, everything raw stuffed into the blender and blended up into this green machine that I thought was, uh, you know, the ultimate expression of health, uh, but in fact is very, very difficult to digest for many people, including myself. And I would have gas bloating, transient digestive pain and poor elimination in conjunction with slamming these smoothies especially when I did high-impact workouts that are traumatizing of the digestive system anyway. So I'm just mentioning things, subjective factors that, hey, if I went to the doctor and gave a blood test or what have you, uh, nothing would show uh, the association between the super-duper green smoothie, the high-impact sprinting and jumping workouts that I might be doing a little bit too many of, and this poor digestive health. So we got to take, uh, take action here and look at the subjective factors. I think I've covered enough of those and uh, this wonderful show getting deep into that. And that means we're going to be going into part three next time, how to correct adverse lifestyle practices and disease risk factors. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, I'm sure you're going to have comments, questions, so throw them at me and we'll do a whole show uh, in response to see how things are working for you, or especially if things have worked, or you have uh, questions, comments, concerns, objections, whatever. We love your feedback. We're making this a group effort at podcast at bradventures.com. Podcast at bradventures.com. Easy email address to remember. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. I want to tell you about Inside Tracker, an awesome new ultra personalized nutrition and lifestyle program that combines data from your comprehensive blood panels, genetic test results, 
and lifestyle and fitness data from a Fitbit, for example, and organizes everything into one super cool online portal of your personal health. I am just getting going with this, and it's awesome. It has everything in one spot. For every blood result, you can click on a blog post or watch a video to learn more about these values. It's a great education in general health and self-quantification, and it was developed by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometric data from MIT, Tufts, and Harvard. The patented inside tracker algorithm calculates your so-called inner age, and it shows each biomarker as either optimized, needs to improve, or at risk. And then you can take precise corrective action with a science-backed plan to reach your performance goals. Oh, mercy, people. On my first round of testing, guess what my inner age was? 62! Shocker! Because I just turned 56. I'm sorry. You know what? When I delivered that blood test, I believe I was a little overtired, and several of my biomarkers were deemed to be subpar. So I made some changes as directed. I recovered better, rested, went back, and delivered way better numbers at the next blood test. The Insight Tracker motto is change is an inside job and that is for real you got to keep tabs on this stuff to be at your best and they have an amazing deal just for brad podcast listeners they are going to give away a grand prize of fifteen hundred dollars in inside tracker value so to enter all you have to do is go to insidetracker.com slash Brad Pod, B R A D P O D. Check it out right now at the link and enter the contest. Thank you for listening to the show. I love sharing the experience with you and greatly appreciate your support. Please email podcast at bradventures.com with feedback, suggestions, and questions for the QA shows. Subscribe to our email list at bradkerns.com for a weekly blast about the published episodes and a wonderful bi-monthly newsletter edition with informative articles and practical tips for all aspects of healthy living. You can also download several awesome free ebooks when you subscribe to the email list. And if you could go to the trouble to leave a five or five star review with Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to the shows, that would be super incredibly awesome. It helps raise the profile of the BRAD podcast and attract new listeners. And did you know that you can share a show with a friend or loved one by just hitting a few buttons in your player and firing off a text message? My awesome podcast player called Overcast allows you to actually record a soundbite excerpt from the episode you're listening to and fire it off with a quick text message. Thank you so much for spreading the word. And remember, be rad. It's time to be all that you can be in 23, starting with a cold plunge to get a natural boost in energy. Focus, discipline, and resilience. The plunge can provide you with all that brilliance. This is the ultimate home cold water therapy experience. A sleek, slick, custom-designed unit that gives you ready access to a cold bath of clean, filtered, circulating water that you can set to your desired temperature. Don't fool around lugging bags of ice from the supermarket for once-in-a-while action. Get the plunge so you will actually stick with your protocol and enjoy it. Visit thecoldplunge.com to learn all about this sensational product and the benefits of therapeutic cold water exposure. They'll deliver a plunge to your home for free, and then you have easy, simple setup, regular plug-in, and you're off and running.
I set mine to 39. I don't spend a lot of time, but the experience is prime, and I'm focused and energized for a fantastic day and more resilient against all other forms of stress in life. Take the plunge, people, and also check out their new Rebounder Mini Trampoline to pair with plunging and optimize lymphatic function. It's all at thecoldplunge.com, and you can't lose with their generous 30-day money-back guarantee and special discount for BRAD podcast listeners using the code BRAD, thecoldplunge.com. <laughs> 